What is going on in Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, we're about to find out. President Trump or uh, President Biden? Better president for this moment? If you're in Ukraine, you want Trump right now. I know. <laughs> Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. This is kind of a special show. It's a little different, a little different format than what we're doing. We actually have a number of interviews uh, throughout talking about the war between Russia and Ukraine. It's a, it's a war. It's a war. Yeah. Uh, we have Blake Purcell. We have uh, San Sanich, Pastor San Sanich, who's in Ukraine coming up. And then we have Peter Hitchens coming up right. uh, on this show to kind of talk about all things Ukraine and Russia because it, it really yeah. matters to it what's does. going on, not just to Ukraine yeah. and not just to Russia, but to us. Yeah. 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 Like and share the show now because yeah. I, I think um, this is going to be, you're going to hear from people um, actually on the ground there. You're going to be hearing from from people who have spent a lot of time there, and, who were there, uh, the establishment of yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie today. Yeah. Okay, I'm wearing a hoodie because uh, Pastor Jacob Brown from Canada right. um, sent me this hoodie. Trinity Bible Church oh, in yeah. Canada. He just they just sent you a hoodie. They've been just me, yeah. just me. Thank you, pa- I, thank you, I Pastor. I see how it is, Jacob. Yep. Okay. Pastor Jacob, come okay. on and, now. And it's a military yeah. church hoodie. Yeah, huh. because it, we are the militant church. Yeah, <coughs> I like that. right. It, it, yeah. And if you guys want to join us on our cross politic liberty tour, we're going to be in Fort is, Worth. Is, we're going to be in Rapid. City, and we're going to be in Phoenix. Is that a so, Baptist hoodie? Is it Baptist hoodie? Um, <laughs> Not anymore. No, it's Presbyterian. Yeah. <laughs> just baptized. Yeah. Just baptized. Where, um, and how can people find out about the Liberty Tour? Uh, cross, uh, uh, go to uh, FLF or crosspolitic.com forward slash Liberty Tour. Crosspolitic.com forward slash Liberty Tour. Three cities this spring. Yeah, that's right. Special guests. Talking uh-huh. about freedom. in Fort Worth, there's literally like ten tickets left in Fort Worth, so okay. it's it's pretty much sold out. So you know, try to head to us in Rapid City with Larry Elder, yeah. and then in Phoenix, we got some special guests we're working on for May 19th in Phoenix. Wow. Do you love classical Christian education, but yes. feel a bit overwhelmed no. trying to homeschool your high schooler? Does your child need more engagement yes. and one-on-one attention? Then I'm glad you think that this ad is just. <laughs> oh, sorry, this wasn't for me. <laughs> then consider Oak Hill Christian School's new campus in Lynchburg, Virginia. Ooh. It's also where Pastor Virgil Hurt is a pastor. That's right. Our unique three-day hybrid high school program is the perfect blend of classical rigor and a family-focused Christian environment. To learn more, visit the website at Oak Hill Twelve. That's Oak Hill. The numbers one two. Dot com. That's Oak Hill 12. Mm, like dot the apostles. Com. Like 12 apostles. Yeah. Oak Hill K 12.com. You, you miss that K. Oh, it's Oak Hill K. Oak Hill K. I didn't see that. Oak Hill K. <laughs> K you. As in K through 12. Oak Hill K 12.com. All right. Uh, there we go. Okay. I should have wow, You should have read the <laughs> Oak Hill K. It's the hoodie. 12.com. <laughs> hey, with us right now on the line, we're very grateful to have Pastor Blake yes. Purcell. Blake and his wife Kathy moved with their three children to Leningrad in 1990 and became some of the first evangelical missionaries allowed to live in the Soviet Union post the communist revolution of 1917. Wow. He's the founder of Hope Russia. Blake, where'd you go? I, I'm here. Oh, there he is. <laughs> okay, we got audio. We don't see you. We don't, we don't Did the video go off? You? Are you in America or Russia right now? I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't take the call. <laughs> here I am. Hey, here I am. Pastor Blake, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Yes, yes. Well, we're in the middle of Russia, uh, Ukraine situation ourselves. We have a son there. I have four grandchildren that are American citizens. He's right. re- married to a Russian, and she can't get a visa to America in case they have to leave. So mm. that was that was my other. We have six kids, and my uh, oldest was just calling me because she's working with governors and mayors and others trying to get her 
uh, senators and congressmen trying to get her a visa to be able to get out of Russia if, if she needs to. Well, wow. you know, if they, I don't know if they know this, but the Mexican border is wide open. If they can fly into Mexico, they can <laughs> Plus just $450,000 in cash. Yeah, yeah they can just we come. We mentioned that, and there's quite a few Russians that have walked across the border. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, not wow. Even, so not me, even joking. Let me uh, back up and say, yeah, we moved to the Soviet Union and lived there as our uh, only, only place of residence, really, Officially, from uh, 1990 to 2015, wow. we are now traveling there, but based here in Fort Worth. So okay. uh, uh, we have 25 years of on the ground there, and then, of course, another seven years of being there uh, quite a bit. I just got back three weeks ago, and I'm supposed to go back, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise in just a few weeks as we, wow. as we continue to train pastors there. Wow. So, so, Blake, tell us what, from your perspective, I mean— what has just happened? Um, Putin has invaded Ukraine. What, what, why, did this, why did this happen? What's going on? Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll break, uh, I'll break uh, the most basic way I can, and that is to uh, what comes to my mind is John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to rob and kill and destroy, uh, but I've come that they might have life and might have it abundantly. So anytime there's an aggressive war where the, you just have one power attacking another, uh, not in any kind of defense, uh, but just just to, to take control of them. Uh, it's it's satanic. So I I think what's happening is is uh, that that the 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 leaders of Russia simply enjoy uh, enjoy abusing and brutalizing other nations and other peoples. Mm. That's what's happening. Wow. So that that seems, uh, uh, in my mind, a little simplistic, just given kind of the history of Ukraine and Russia. I mean, Gabe's from Texas, so can you like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, of course, that that that's sort of behind the scenes spiritually. What's okay. going on? Okay. Okay. Uh, much more in a much more nuanced world in the human in our human existence, a new nuanced world, I would say, is that. Uh, uh, if you have the Soviet Union mentality, which 40% of the Russian people do, according to today's polls, which, wow. you know, who knows if they're accurate, that is that Russia has the right to dominate their neighbors if there's any threat whatsoever. And so they, they claim the right, and I think, it, sadly, it's probably true of the Baltics as well, to simply disarm the Baltics if the Baltics and Ukraine are, uh, you know, are arming and are politically and emotionally and uh, culturally not aligning with Russia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the blood, the bad blood, the Russia likes to say that they're one nation, but in the 1920s, Stalin organized a uh, intentional famine there, which killed a few million people. Wow. And uh, when the Germans rolled through in 1945, uh, 1940, uh, or 41, when they rolled through, the Ukrainians welcomed them as liberators. That's how badly the Ukrainians were experiencing the Soviet Union. Oh, wow. So Hitler was a liberator. Right. Wow. The Nazis as liberators. So it's much more complicated. They have their own language. If you speak Russian, you think you can understand Ukrainian, but the reality is when they're one paragraph in or three sentences in, you realize it's a separate language. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's a lot of key words, but you cannot understand the language overall. So what is, uh, what do you think of Biden's response to 
uh, Russia's invasion in Ukraine? Uh, well, again, nuanced. I, I have to say, uh, in light of the horrendous job that we did pulling out of Afghanistan, the intelligence they were giving us that they were definitely going to invade, I, you know, I, I looked at it as, as a boy, the boy calling wolf, that it didn't seem like it was going to happen, and then all of a sudden it did. So yeah. I would give high marks on good intelligence. Um, I don't, I'm not big into criticizing, uh, you know, our, our national leader in the middle of a crisis, and, because none of us know, know all the facts. Uh, the facts are I'm 63. I would not want to be president when I'm as old as he is. Mm-hmm. So he's just not a, a commanding presence, no matter what you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Putin is a commanding presence, no matter what. I mean, he's that, that's just the way he is. Right. So, uh, I, I would chalk it up to, to age. And, uh, so I'm not, what about the sanctions? Say- what about like the sanctions? And I mean, is that being effective or it seems like to me, on my perspective, that's a, it's a slap on the hand and Putin's like, you know, I can run my, my ROI on this. These sanctions are going to hurt a little, but I'm going to make more money or more power out of all this. Yeah. Yeah. I, that you're exactly right. I mean, some of these things are, 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 are not going to slow them down at all. I do think that uh, Europe is kicking in more. Germany and France have just heard. France is sending uh, major weapons, major weapons. And Germany, you know, what what Germany and Europe need to do is get off of their uh, gas, natural gas, using their natural gas. They, Germany and Europe, use uh, thirty five to to thirty five to forty percent of their natural gas comes from Russia. Right. So they should never have gotten in that situation. Why and which adds to the fact that or enlightens us to the, to the fact that it's ridiculous that we shut off the pipeline coming from Canada ourselves. Yeah, Blake, yeah. Um, the mm. you know, Putin has been uh, claiming that this is all about Ukraine being uh, welcomed or t- discussed joining NATO. Yeah, and Putin says that um, you know he's appealing to agreements, treaties. I don't know, or just the threat of NATO. Is there? Does he have any argument at all, or is it really purely just this satanic aggression that you're describing? Does he have any kind of treaty appeal, NATO appeal that has a semblance of uh, viability? Well, okay, two things. Uh, one is to drop back to the Soviet Union. I was in uh, 1989 in College Station, Texas, where a top Soviet official came and spoke, and he said, that the Soviet officials knew all along that the, the West, after Germany's demise, the West was never going to be aggressive uh, and, and, and wage a, uh, a first strike, in kind of a first strike war against the Soviet Union. It was all propaganda to keep their people in fear of the outside world and to keep them uh, appreciative of the Soviet leaders. So basically, uh, you know, and I, this cannot go on the air in Russia, but you, you, you essentially have a criminal, uh, the, the way the government is run is they make up laws and then they do whatever they want to do. And I realize <laughs> we do that too. We can all laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, that that's the case. So I would say in the big picture, no, he's not really afraid of NATO. It, it's not really about NATO. Okay. But on the small picture, you could say, uh, when, when the United States, when the Soviet Union was falling apart, one of the ways that uh, Reagan and Bush, the senior, uh, 
tried to talk the Soviet leaders into letting the Soviet Union fall apart and letting go of Eastern Europe was to say, and we will not have NATO move closer to you. But that did not include, this is my take and my memory, you know, I'm not, I'm not a walking encyclopedia. That did not include any engagement with the Baltic countries of Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, or Poland, yeah. or, you know, or Romania, yeah. or whoever else wants to join NATO. Yeah. So it was just a unilateral, it was just the United States president saying, we won't, they won't join NATO. That's, right. that's how I understand it. Yeah. So it was not, it was not a legally binding pronouncement. Uh, certainly it does bother them that, uh, you know, that everybody wants to join NATO, but then they should look at themselves in the mirror and say, Hey, why does everybody uh, afraid of us? (laughs) (laughs) So why does everybody want to join NATO? Immediate neighbors, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Ukraine, and then behind them, Poland. And, uh, who else is joining? Uh, Czechoslovakia, maybe I don't know, or Slovakia and, uh, Czech Republic. So, you know, they apparently aren't very good neighbors. So we got, um, a couple CREC churches, a number of them in Russia and a number of them in Ukraine. And, and you're, you obviously know all the players involved and all the pastors involved. And, um, you know, how do you counsel or how are you talking with our, the pastors in Russia and the pastors in Ukraine and, you know, how are you helping them sort through where their countries are at war with each other? Right, 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 right. <clears throat> well, it's a good question. Uh, we all woke up, uh, I believe it was yesterday morning. I'm already losing time, but I think it was yesterday morning we realized we were at war. And uh, or we were at war, that they were at war. And so the Russian pastors, uh, and I'm sure the Ukrainian pastors even more, were shocked and grieved. And so we had, uh, th- I'm sorry, this was, this was Thursday. Okay. Oh, today's Friday. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, the Russian pastors, we were getting together, together for an online Zoom class anyway, at discussing and reading Athanasius uh, on the incarnation of the Word of God, which became sort of irrelevant. And so, for the first hour, we spent praying for the Ukraine and acknowledged, the Russian pastors acknowledged this was an immoral, immoral and illegal act on Russia's part. Uh, then soon after that, I got a notice that, uh, I got a notice that the seminaries in, uh, we're connected with CREC churches and PCA churches. Right. There were two PCA connected churches, uh, seminaries in Ukraine asking us to sign on a declaration of condemnation of, um, of this action and and unconditional affirmation of the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian believers. So just now, right before this call, I sent uh, our our seminary boards uh, unanimous consent to that to sign on to that. So that'll be something public. And then the Russian pastors yesterday, eight of them, we have about twenty five in our movement, but eight of them uh, made a statement that I can send you, which essentially said the same thing. It's a lot shorter, but. Yeah. said the same thing that this is immoral and that we are, you know, are protesting this to, to, to the world. And yeah. we are praying for the Ukrainians to, uh, morally, I told them this, that, you know, often God teaches whole nations through other nations. Yeah. And so, uh, for instance, when we moved to the, to the Soviet union, uh, ambulance drivers did not, if you were hit on the street, you would not really be taken care of. You were just kind of on your own. And if you're dead or, or knocked out, 
by a car, you know, that's just tough. Well, now they have ambulances that actually care about people. Well, how did they learn that? They learned that from watching TV shows uh, from the outside world and from wow. seeing how humans behave. So, uh, so learning to put up with a democracy takes a lot of self-control and, and you have to be calm and let give people the right to disagree with you, but disagree peacefully. So that, that is God's gift to Russia. And that's what, that's what Ukraine is doing for them. Mm. And that's why the the Russian government hates that because they hate that free speech. We just had a Russian there in Kiev only about a year ago. And she said for the first time in her life, she saw peaceful demonstrations and you could demonstrate any, anywhere, anytime you wanted to. And there were just a bunch of little peaceful demonstrations here and there about everything, kind of like in front of the white house. So uh, that was a shock, cultural shock to her. And Russia doesn't have it. So every time you go out, even now, the the demonstrators, the few thousand in St. Petersburg, where we where we live uh, part of the time, they they are subject to arrest and are even being threatened with being uh, accused of treason for being against the war. Oh, you know, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. So are you saying sounds like Canada right now? There's there's a couple. I, I, I want you to take this question and hold it in your pocket because when I get done talking, you can answer this question too. But I want to know kind of what the conversation is that no one's having that we need to be having. I I really want to know an answer to that. But if I can summarize what you just said, are you saying that part of what Russia is seeing in Ukraine is what liberty looks like and it might be a little more contagious than what they probably want it to be and they want to and a little more humanizing. Well, that's what I mean by liberty. that, That they want to suppress that because that spreads. Is that part of what's happening in Ukraine? Is the the the, the that, is that the real threat to Russia? Yeah, yeah. Morally, oh yeah. Morally, that's by far the threat. And <sighs> yeah, you know, and and everything that comes with Western freedom. So you also have a gay rights that they uh, that they absolutely laugh at, and uh, transgender rights <laughs> that they think are you know demonic. Yeah. So they and they hype that up. I've even had you know both. The problem also in Ukraine is it's also a, a very corrupt uh, society. The government is corrupt. Business is corrupt. So they are just as corrupt as Russia is, but they have freedoms and they have liberty. So it's corruption in, 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 a, in, in an environment of civil rights, uh-huh. whereas Russia's corruption in an environment of, of few, very, very few civil rights. So, so what's the conversation then that you see as you're watching the news, you've been over there for years, you know, people on the ground, you've been on the ground. What's the conversation that you see that that's happening, that, uh, that the conversation that's not happening, that should be happening? Well, uh, only here's my missions. uh, Here's my missions perspective. That is, you have 40% of the people in Russia who think they have the right to crush their neighbor's uh, if they disagree with them. Yep. And so like in Afghanistan and Iraq, you, you can't just import democracy because when people disagree with you in uh, pre-Christian societies, you, you, your reaction is to either beat them or to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is 40% of the, of the yep. uh, population of Russia right now that, that there, you know, it, it, it just takes the slightest uh, foundation and truth to justify a full fledged, a full fledged, uh, uh, a full fledged, what do you call it, attack on the country, yeah. you know? And so 
you you just can't imagine how we would maybe say primitive, but uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I mean, if anybody just even threatens to take your eye, you have the right to knock their eye out, to, to gouge their eye out. Mm. So uh, only the gospel can deal with the hearts of men. And Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 say that. And that, that we, we have to get used to long-term uh, missions to strategic and un- Un, um, you know, unpopular places. Mm. Missions. Ukraine's always been popular. It's it, they love America. Yeah. Russia's always been unpopular <laughs> because <laughs> because officially, and about forty percent of the population, you know, hates hates the idea of absolute uh, or not absolute freedom, but the kinds of freedom the Western democracies have. Okay. So, uh, so only the gospel that, you know, in those passages it says that the ha- the mountain of the house of the Lord will become the greatest of the mountains. And then the law will come forth from that mountain, from that, from the church. And so the hope for the world long-term uh, for us to beat our spears into, into pruning hooks is the gospel of Christ through the church. That's the hope. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, but you have to be committed long-term to unpleasant, unpopular places. Cause that's, they're the, they're the game changers. They're the, the main opposition to the gospel on the face of the earth right now. It's, right. Islam, Russia, and China, essentially. And this is why, I mean, I mean, this is why the West is beginning to creep into the same kind of thing. You jokingly a minute ago just mentioned Trudeau, but like, you know, we have protests, you know, we used to be able to do peaceful protests in, in the West and now in Canada, Trudeau, yeah. will, you know, send his horses in to trample you. Yeah. Um, or your city council member and, will have the police arrest you. Not nearly as bad as Russia yet, <laughs> but when you begin to turn your back on Christ and you reject the gospel, then you go back to primitivism. You go back to, you know, the eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Mm. And if I don't, if I don't agree with it, it's, it, it's it's a it's a direct assault on my person and i can i can crush you i can i can i mean that's what's happening around us because we've rejected christ mm. blake i want to say thank you for joining us man um and we're praying for your people over there as yeah. well um and for you and, and your family you and your family this is this is crazy so if you can just keep us posted to it anything that happens over there we can we can announce here and try and keep the lines of communication what, what's your open. website man what's your website Okay, hope uh, hope Russia dot org, and uh, <laughs> we Russia. have uh, we have twenty five churches that are reforming across nine time zones with three thousand members. Yeah. So we, we our, our churches that we're working in uh, are from Vladivostok all the way to Riga on the Baltic. So that's wow. Uh, nine. Wow. So pray for us because we got great momentum. We, we're exponentially uh, growing our movement but uh of course if if they cut out americans being able to get into the to russia yeah. and things like that that could be a real you know detriment to us so thank you blake more cross politic coming up next okay hi everyone this is garrison hardy with cross politic i hope you're enjoying the show we're able to bring you this coverage thanks to our sponsors christians need to start thinking about doing business with fellow christians so are you a developer architect or project owner If so, I have a Christian commercial construction company you should be partnering with. Bobo Construction Incorporated is a fourth-generation family-owned general contractor that was founded back in 1952. Their motto is, whatever is fair and right, that's what we do. The Bobo Construction Inc. headquarters is in Sacramento County, California, and has recently expanded into Idaho and eastern Washington with offices in Meridian and Coeur d'Alene and is in search of potential partners to wage war on tyranny with. That's right. 
They can do any commercial project from zero to $80 million. Some of their past projects include retail, office buildings, schools, colleges, sustainable construction, and industrial facilities. To learn more about Bobo Construction, Inc., visit them at www.boboconstructioninc.com. That's all one word. You can also contact Austin Bobo directly at abobo at boboconstructioninc.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations, we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. We are grateful to have with us on yes. the line right now Pastor uh, Sansanich. He is the pastor of Rivna Biblical Church. It's a member of the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches, the same denomination that Christ Church is a part of here in Moscow, um, in Rivna, Ukraine. Pastor Sansanich, it's so good to see your face. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Thank you for having me, for inviting me. You were actually on Cross Politic like five years ago. In studio. 2016. Do do you remember do you remember that? Yes, it was, it's one it's of your great, pain, very painful memory. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm just so happy that you decided to endure that pain again. <laughs> okay, only from the safe distance of his home in Ukraine. Yeah, is it I'm safe? safe? Yeah, <laughs> this is, this is, he's more safe in Ukraine. <laughs> oh, oh man! When we had you back, when we had you on the show, uh, Sansanich, back in 2016, uh, this was, of course, in the middle of uh, uh, presidential elections here in the United right. States. And you are yes. very, very adamant, urging people to we, vote for Trump. We hadn't made up our mind yet. Yeah, we, I, yeah, here on the show, we were still discussing whether or not we could, you know, sort of swallow whatever and, and vote for Trump. Vote yeah, for Trump. if we wanted chemo or not. Yeah, and uh, and you and and actually Pastor Bubu Yarmolek from Poland were on the show together, and you both said you have to vote for Trump. Why? Why did you say that? And is what is happening now in Ukraine in 2022 part of what you feared? So, uh, I I think it will be better for the United States, for the people of the United States, and for the whole world if Trump will be president mm. again. Yeah, yeah. And that time, and that time, yes, I insist. So it will be uh, better because I think so. We should have more uh, reasonable uh, uh, people who trust the Lord who has the values and who stay firm with their values, mm. who not just goes by the, any wind, but just has a, has a certain course in, in their political career or just in their life. Mm. What, what does a, like a Trump or Republican administration mean to the relationship between Ukraine and Russia? Oh, you know, there are just kind of a varieties of the different views uh, I still think so. If Trump will be in the Oval Office, we wouldn't have this mess now in Ukraine with Russians. 
Why, why do you say that? What, what about Trump's administration would have prevented this crisis? Uh, first of all, this crisis uh, t- it's kind of uh, took, t- took place a long time ago when Obama was in office and when um, Obama just drew these red lines and Putin crossed these lines and Obama just said, oh, okay, so we, knew, we will draw a new, new one. Right. As, and, and it just kind of uh, give, uh, give this um, idea or give this um, sense or taste for the uh, Putin so he can do whatever he wants because Zap- West is weak. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm thinking with two, three languages now. Yes. And uh, because of that, I think Putin uh, took more and more power. And then when Trump, Trump was in office, uh, he was firm. Uh, first time when there just a huge hideous crimes in Syria, uh, he made a firm decision to to um, shoot the cruise missiles uh-huh. yep. to the uh, yep. Syria and just yep. uh, give give us a very clear sign. Yeah. So this is a red line which wouldn't move. Yeah. What is going on right now in your city? Have you guys been bombed? Has there been any? Um, acts of war in your city uh so we have this we had this morning two rockets uh, of, uh shelling onto onto the uh, onto the airfield okay air, actually airstrike but uh we are in the west part of the country uh west north and uh, so far uh, the russians they are not interested in taking this place yeah. Uh, so it looks like they have these two main goals and they failed badly. Uh, they tried to have this blitzkrieg. You know this word blitzkrieg? It's a German. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. So, uh, he, I, I, I think so. He thought so he will finish in one day. Yeah. And the two main goals, which he clearly communicated, he stated. So he will change the government in Kiev and, uh, he will uh, have a, Fresh water supply to the Crimea. Oh, so yeah. for, for Blitzkrieg, a lot of people don't know what that is, but that's that was what um, Hitler used was a type yeah. of attack. Lightning warfare. Yeah, lightning warfare. You hit and you don't stop hitting and you hit really hard and quick to yeah. the point that people don't know what to do. And so then they yeah. just quit and run. Right. How, how, yes. how is the Ukrainian military holding up? So, you know, even we are kind of less weaponized than maybe... Uh, has a older or weaker uh, weapons, but the, the Ukrainian soldiers they just uh, show the tremendous courage mm. and the skill to fight. Yeah. So far on t- today, uh, it's uh, more than eighty tanks, uh, 10, air, ten airplanes, seven helicopters, and five hundred eighty um, how do you call this uh, vehicles, armed vehicles. Yeah. Military, military armed vehicles. Yes. Yeah, and 2,800 of the uh, casualties of the Russian army. All of those are ones, that they're Russian tanks and Russian armed vehicles that have been taken out. Yes. Okay. For wow. two days. Now, wow. I, I haven't been hearing that. That's really yeah. interesting. That's been something that has not been reported. At least reported or making its way over here. Right now, it sounds like that Ukraine is just... Buckling. Yeah, they're, they're buckling and they're, and they're kind of collapsing and they need lots of help right now and Russia's just pushing through wherever they want to. No, 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 no. Wow. Uh, they, uh, they're just still struggling to 
uh, get the capital of Ukraine, Kiev. Yes. They trying really hard. So they more successfully they were in the south. Uh, they took this uh, southern city, which kind of has all this equipment for the channel, which uh, supplied uh, many years ago before they, they took Crimea, occupied Crimea. So it was a water, fresh water supply to the Crimea Peninsula. Yeah. But since uh, it was annexed or occupied in 2014. Ukrainians shut down this uh, uh, channel. Yeah. So, and it's all the, the south of Ukraine, nearby the, uh, this Crimea Peninsula, yeah. which has all these equipments. And uh, so they were successful. All the might goes there, and all the might goes okay. to the Kiev. Okay. So, do the, do the people of Russia want to be in war with you, with you guys? Or is this just a largely a, a Putin war? And the people of Russia want peace with you. Uh, you know, uh, I don't uh, want to sound very uh, offensive, but the uh, Muscovites—it's uh, uh, how we call uh, yeah. uh, these uh, these people—they um, just live in the post-imperialistic uh, trauma. They lost uh, empire, Soviet Union, and uh, since Putin get to the power. He just pump up these uh, feelings. So we were humiliated. The Western kind of offend us now. We uh, we kind of stood on knees, and but now we will get more and more military power, and we will kind of uh, get uh, back Russia into the world scene, and we will be superpower, and everybody should uh, consider our existence and kind of uh, have us in mind in in every every negotiations. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and uh, most of people in Russia they swallow this uh, propaganda. Mm. So uh, oh, wow. it's it's kind of seriously it's it's a, it's a funny the propaganda tell uh, about U- Ukraine. So we have a fascist government. So it's a, a kind of a fascist country now. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. So biggest part of my life, unfortunately, I, I live in, in Russia, and uh, Russian is my mother tongue. Uh, wow. My wife, she's a Russian citizen, and yeah. uh, she speaks Russian. Yeah. Yeah, and me too, me too. So we talk in Russian with the people here in the Western Ukraine. And so since 23 years we are here, and uh, nobody rebuke us for, for this. I didn't meet personally any accident because of, of uh, Russian language or, or Russian citizenship of my wife. Nothing like that. There were no persecutions uh, for the for the Russian language at all. It's all propaganda. But in in Russia, it's communicated this way. So they humiliate Russians, they kill Russians. So again, it's kind of a famous uh, famous uh, joke. But it wasn't a joke. Yeah. They said so. You, Ukrainians they eat Russian babies. Oh man! And it just it was said in the prime time in the Russian news. Wow. Man. That sounds like our media here, right? Yeah, it's all so, we we don't we don't tear babies apart here, and, you know all this stuff. So, Pastor, help me help me with something because I think everybody's watching with with between Russia and Ukraine right now and wondering what that landscape is going to look for the rest of the world. They're they're having echoes of World War Two now becoming the realities. I heard even some of the world leaders saying, "Hey, we thought we left these type of wars, you know, in the dustpan of history." If if Russia takes Ukraine. What does that look like for the rest of the world? Does that have a a stirring pot for something else to happen after that? 
Yes, of course. The uh, so-called Baltic republics in Poland, uh, they will be next target. Mm. Ooh, wow. Mm. So it, yes, uh, he will be expanding their empire. So, so, so is, we, it, is, it your, is it your consensus that what right now NATO or whoever, all the other nations need to make sure that Ukraine does not get taken over by Russia because this is the beginning of something much bigger than just Russia taking over Ukraine? Yes, but I have uh, kind of sympathy for the uh, NATO or for the West leaders. If uh, West leaders were Churchill, Ukraine will play a role of Poland in the beginning of the Second World War. Right. Mm. So it's very easily, I think, because this madman, uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Putin, <laughs> uh, he said so he will, if somebody will try to stop him, he will uh, use all means and uh, uh, people in the West will see such scale of destruction they can't imagine yeah. and they never saw in history, which is obviously a just threat with uh, all these nuclear weapons. Yeah. So we got two CREC churches in Russia, uh, Oleg, yes. Oleg's church and, and then Turban Krill's church, if I'm saying yes. those names rightly. Um, uh, how, how's, what is it, Have you talked to Oleg since the, the war has started or, you know, what do you think Oleg and the, our Russian churches think about what's going on? Uh, I had a chance to talk with Alec Volkov. Uh, he's a pastor from St. Petersburg. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard for him, but again, it's just kind of obvious who is, a aggressor and who is a victim. Yeah. And I just remind you, so the war started here in Ukraine eight years ago in 2014. Yeah. It just uh, became to this uh, openly uh, horrible <laughs> yes. now. Right. But uh, it was kind of uh, uh, this kind of war of the first world war in the trench war. Mm. And all this war happened in, in the east of my country, in the occupied Luhansk and Donetsk area. Yeah. All these eight years. So I had talked with Alec, and, and we are brothers, we are Christians. Yes. And in spite of our uh, different citizenship, so we are still brothers and love each other. So even we may have some different points of view on the what has gone on. In, in general, we agree. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, Sarich, tell us about the president of Ukraine, um, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. He's, um, you know. Well, you said that pretty good. I'm, I'm trying to do Vladimir. my oh, no, do my no. best. Um, Ukrainian accent. Um, is uh, how um, how what is your view of him? How is he handling this? Uh, I, you know, uh, it's kind of a agreement now in Ukraine. Don't criticize our presidents. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. So because we are at war. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, he's uh, getting in the office uh, because of the his uh, popularity as a, as a actor, other other comedian. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So we heard. Yeah. So and you know the Ukrainians has a, such a, a le such a small regard toward the government and the authority. So we allow to choose in office the clown or comedian. Well, we elected Trump. <laughs> and then Biden. 
No, no, no. no. It's completely different stories. Uh, Trump and uh, Zelensky, different people, uh, different worldview. Okay. Wow. No, so, wow. and um, Zelensky now, I think, so in these uh, circumstances, uh, he is uh, uh, forced to be very much pro-Ukrainian, very much for Ukraine, and uh, in, in this open war, war now, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's doing a good job. Uh, somebody writing him a speech, and he's reading that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure if he's feeling that, but he's reading that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. So we were talking. We were about talking about that. Yeah. yeah. So I want to know what what is your view on Biden? Then uh, he's not your president, so you can criticize him all you want. No, no, no. Please, he's all the senile man. <laughs> you should have some respect, you know, to the kind of age of this man. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow I, I think so his role in this uh, crisis is uh, is uh, hard to over underestimate as Bush said I like this uh, <laughs> over underestimate <laughs> yes <laughs> so then um, go ahead I'm sorry uh, so uh, Biden uh, he uh, I think he tried to cover his own um, misdoing or mistakes which happened during his presidency. And uh, because of that, he used this uh, rhetoric about Ukraine, how he supported Ukraine, etc. Mm. But again, uh, Putin is a very, really cl- clever guy. And he works in KGB after all. And uh, his, he, when he started this invasion, and uh, kind of uh, Biden who promised this sanctions from hell, now he's uh, pedaling back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, swift uh, disconnection no. from the swift. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No ban on the oil and gas. Right. No embargo. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because it will it will yeah. hit. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So Westerners will will suffer because of that. Uh, I mean, Western Europe and uh, America, uh, North America. Yeah. Uh, but still, if you have a values, if you if you said so, so you support these people and you. They really support democracy and freedom. Yeah. So then you should pay something for that. Mm. Like, uh, like one one priest said, if you have a convictions, uh, you should re- be ready to die for that. If you are not ready to die for your convictions, it means you don't have any convictions. That's right. That's, that's good. That's right. Mm. Uh, Sasanich, I know your son is uh, down in the city of Ivano-Frankivsk. Um, I yes. I remember visiting that city with you um, not, several years ago. Um, I, I know. Ivano-Frankivsk has been bombed. There have been missiles uh, landing there. How is your son and how are uh, the Christians uh, doing there? Yeah, uh, again, th- this uh, was um, mainly uh, rockets shelling to the uh, airports okay. and uh, uh, military objects. So, of course, some, some um, civilian um, infrastructure were damaged, but not so badly. Okay. Okay. What is it like to be a pastor in this moment in Ukraine? Are are people desperately looking for answers? You know, they're facing one of the biggest probably fears of their lives, a war. Um how what's it been like these last couple of days being a pastor? Yeah, but what do you preach on Sunday? Yeah. Uh you know, we use the lectionary in our in our church. Okay. And the sermon should be uh, this, um, <laughs> and this, uh, 
passage from the Matthew about Martha and uh, Maria. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, now it's a little bit headache how to turn it uh, to the uh, context of what we are what what we are feeling now. <laughs> Maybe, maybe sometimes the spirit moves you to a different path. <laughs> uh, so before we let you go, just quickly, how do we pray for you guys out there? Uh, so certainly, like, uh, pray for Vladimir, Vladimir Mikita. He's a pastor in Nikolaev. Nikolaev, it's a city in the south. Okay. And uh, all the cities in the south nearby Nikolaev already occupied and they just uh, heavily seriously um, damaged by this uh, invasion uh, Mikolaev now encircled uh, from the land and uh, the Russians control the Black Sea so they have a lot of uh, ships there so and uh, they they will try to to this so Valoya Mikita he is serving there as a pastor okay. it's a church CRC church so pray pray for the our soldiers for those who are fighting and uh, praying for the mothers who already uh, lost their uh, sons and uh, yeah th there are some uh, some casualties among civilians including children mm -hmm. wow. so uh, the son of a pastor uh, who served in Dunayevci, it's uh, uh, in, the, in the center of the Ukraine, Khmelnytsky area. So his son is a grown young man, officer in the board, board officer. And so he was exactly uh, serving there in this uh, Kherson area where there were such a furious uh, fighting. Yeah. So please uh, pray for Sasha uh, Pavluk. His name is Sasha Pavluk, and his son is uh, uh, Mark. His son is uh, named Mark. Pray for, for him and for encouragement for Sasha and uh, his wife, Irina. Uh, pray so we can, can serve people and uh, mm. just God give us strength and wisdom to serve people really well. And uh, just give them a decision which will uh, help them, because you know now it's uh, sometimes these uh, advices it's real crucial. So it's about life and death. Right. Like, should I educate my family and my uh, vulnerable, uh, which means uh, wife and children, or not? Yep. Uh, should I join this? Uh, we have this uh, local. Uh, battalion, battalion from civilian who try to protect the cities. Yeah. Should I join it or not? Yep. <sighs> yeah, and things, things like that. So, and it's it's exhausting because you know you live in the war. The people calling it just shelling and somewhere killed. And of course you kind of involved in this, and you uh, you hear in the news and you see these distractions and the just dead bodies. And uh, this is not easy let me say the least so i don't know how but just uh pray so we will <coughs> hold our independence yes and to to be an independent country with our own 
sovereignty and own will and uh, so we can can keep move forward to the europe to the western uh, civilized world far away from russia mm. if you can no yeah brother. but it looks it looks like it's it's uh, difficult yes so you you want to ask something we will pray yes sir we will pray christian yeah. you have your prayer list in front of you get to praying pastor sun Sanich. Thank you, Pastor. We're Appreciate praying you, for brother. you, brother. We are praying for you. More cross politics coming up next. Peter Hitchens, we're going to top it off with him. Oh boy, get on your knees. It's time. This is cross politics. Hey, it's Garrison again. I hope you're enjoying the show thus far. Please, please pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Russia. It's important for us to remember that we serve a sovereign King. Psalm ten, seventeen, and eighteen says, "Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble." You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. As we partner with them in prayer, we'd also like to thank our partners, Dime Payments. Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment process system, especially in this world where tyrants are trying to shut us down and shut us up. So please go to dimepayments.com FLF and sign your business up. Working with them supports us, and they won't cancel you. Once again, go to dimepayments.com slash FLF. Thanks again for watching, and Lord bless. All right, so Blake Tansanich. Yep. A Russian, no, actually a Texas Russian, a Ukrainian, <laughs> and now a Brit. There we go. Sort us all out. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. We're very grateful to have with us right now for just a few minutes, Mr. Peter Jonathan Hitchens. He's an English journalist and author. Hitchens writes for the Mail on Sundays, a former foreign correspondent in Moscow, Russia, Washington, D.C. He's contributed to The Spectator, The American Conservative, The Guardian, First Things, Prospect, The New Statesman, and he's been on Cross Politic before. Multiple times. Yeah, so, he regrets uh, it every time. <laughs> thank you for coming back on Cross Politic, Peter. So far, so good. <laughs> he's he's kind of like our foreign correspondent, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know how he feels about that. Um, Peter, what is the responsibility of the West in this Russian-Ukrainian crisis? What have we done to cause this? Have we done something to cause it? And is there anything that we can do to fix it? Well, let's not say cause, but certainly I think that certain actions and behaviors have created the conditions in which it's happened. I think we have to be careful. Anybody must condemn aggressive war, uh, as I did over Iraq and indeed in Kosovo and in Libya and in Afghanistan. I think uh, the country should stay out of other countries and uh, for for Russia to go to Ukraine is unconscionable and unforgivable. And uh, that's, that's something I'm not at all seeking to justify or apologize for. But what I would say is that I do think this could have been avoided if a more sensible Russia policy had been adopted, particularly by the United States, but also by several of the other NATO countries in the last 30 years. And the best guide to all this is, is George Kennan, who, as you probably know, was the architect of the United States policy towards the Soviet Union in his great long telegram of containment, who came out of retirement in the 1990s uh, to condemn the policy which Bill Clinton uh, fancied 
it being him, mm. was pursuing of NATO expansion. He said that it would, amongst other things, it's probably the most important thing he said, it was, it was insulting to the, the Democrats and the people who believed in freedom in Russia who had defeated peacefully a terrible regime and was suddenly being treated as if they were enemies again. And he said that it would, in the long term, create a new Cold War. And he's been proved absolutely right. I think that his prediction was correct. I, I don't quite know what the motives have been of those people who pursued this expansion of NATO, and in many cases have actually, have actually called for a new Cold War. But something of the kind has been going on now really for 30 years, and it's, it's brought us to this point. Wow. So what, what, what specifically has been the flashpoint uh, in, the last, in the last couple of weeks, month, days? What's been this flashpoint that's got us to this point? I don't know. I, I was surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised that, uh, that President Putin actually attacked Ukraine. I think a lot of people uh, shouted about it, but they didn't think he would. And I certainly didn't. And I was shocked. And I, my, my only conclusion is that he must have gone mad. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Well, it is. I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing to do in in the post nineteen forty five world. Uh, making an invading another country is waging aggressive war, which is illegal under international law, and you just can't do it unless you're the United States, which seems to have special dispensation <laughs> on this. Ouch. But he, it's just, it's just, uh, it, it, it will always cause trouble. How is how is Russia going to hold down Ukraine, which is full of people who don't want to be ruled by Russia? Uh, does it have the strength, the power to do so? I shouldn't think so. Uh, it, it's fairly likely that outside forces will intervene to make to make sure that Ukraine doesn't now become a peaceful place. I would have thought it was a it was a very dangerous thing to have done from the simple practical point of view, and I suspect it will eventually bring Putin down. So mm. I don't I don't know, but I think the trigger for it, the one which most people didn't notice, was a fascinating event in, in 2014 when the Ukrainian government of Viktor Yanukovych was overthrown by what I've always referred to as a mob putsch. I find it fascinating that so many people, in my view, again, rightly disapprove of the extraordinary Trumpoid uh, attack on the Capitol building. Uh, but mm. exactly the same people are, are incredibly keen on, 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 a, on an event remarkably similar to that, where what was to say a, a violent mob, openly backed by foreign politicians, uh, actually overthrew the legitimate, it wasn't a very nice government, but it was a legitimate government of, of Ukraine and uh, wow. produced an, unconstitutional, an unconstitutional overthrow. And it was at that point, I think, that Russia decided that it was thus far and no further. That was when that, that was when they annexed Crimea yeah. and also when they more or less created these, um, these sore points, these two... Uh, these two alleged statelets on the edge of Ukraine, which, of course, well, as long as they're there, they pretty much prevent Ukraine from joining NATO because you can't join NATO if you've got a, a live conflict on your territory. That, I think a lot of people thought was was far enough, but then, I, I don't know, I think there is a... There is a... The, 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 the something was going on in diplomacy when all that shouting was going on on Western media about how Putin is going to invade, Putin is going to invade. I'm not sure that at the beginning of this he was going to invade. But I think he may well have become convinced during the past few weeks that Western diplomats uh, were not serious about uh, about looking for a way out. And there was a way out. It was a difficult way out, a complicated way out, but possible by the Minsk II agreement, which would have effectively turned Ukraine to a federal country. It's been around for ages, but that's come to an end now. That's that's all been killed by, by 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 this attack. 
So I don't know, but maybe he felt uh, that the, how shall I put it, uh, the rather high voltage form of Western diplomacy to which Russia was subjected with leader after leader coming to Moscow and by and large berating him uh, meant that there was no hope of any such compromise. So he might as well uh, act in the way that he has. And as I say, I regard that as, as, as a mistake as well as a crime. Uh, and as we all know from, from Talleyrand, I think it is a, a mistake is worse than a crime. So run this out for me. What are all these sanctions mean? And how do you think this war is going to end? So the, the first question I got, the second one. So uh, how what are, what do these sanctions mean? And how do you think this war is going to play out and come to an end? Well, sanctions generally don't, they don't, I, I, I gathered this evening that Russia was now being expelled from the Eurovision Song Contest. I, I really don't think that's going to have a huge impact upon Kremlin policy. Uh, sanctions are generally, uh, even if they're targeted, they generally end up hurting poor and powerless people. Uh, the rich and powerful can always evade them. I, I remember seeing the effects of sanctions both in Iraq uh, and Iran on normal middle-class people of the type we should be trying to get on our side. And I, I've always thought they were disastrous. So I, I, they're just a, a pretense to doing something when no military action is either contemplated or possible. Uh, how will it go? I don't know. I, it's, this is another thing. I mean, I'm not sure how good the Russian army really is. I'm not sure how tough the Ukrainian defenders are or how good their equipment is. It could be that they might. I, don't, I haven't heard uh, any news for a couple of hours as I've been traveling, but it could be that the Ukrainian army actually managed to slow down the Russian attack quite considerably or, in, in other ways, hamper it in, in, in ways that are embarrassing to the Russians and which make them look foolish. I simply don't know. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for not launching an aggressive war is you never know how it will go. Mm. You, 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 it's like summoning it's like summoning demons up from the ground you simply don't know how it will go and you can't get them to go back once you've started wow. that's, why, that's why I'm so, so against it it's, it's war is hell and aggressive war is, is especially hell for, for those people who start it yeah, so, so I, one question here right now if President Biden pulls you in and says you know Peter what do we do right now to try and solve this thing what do you tell him to do because we know the Prime Minister is not pulling you in no, he certainly isn't. No, um, I don't know whether there's anything that could not be done. Mm. A line crossed, but I think, and I don't think, I, I doubt very much whether any of the principles in this could achieve anything. It would need to be the United Nations who could uh, find perhaps some way of, of, of reviving some sort of compromise. But it would also involve pulling in the Ukrainians and saying, look, we're, we have been as they have been using you as a battering ram for some years. And we now think this has obviously ended in tragedy. So perhaps we might try another policy, but you would have to agree to it. And because the Ukrainian government is still very much dominated by ethnic nationalists who are very passionately anti-Russian in many cases, it'd be quite a hard job to persuade them to do that because the ultimate compromise has to involve some sort of special treatment for uh, the Russian minority in Ukraine. Because that people don't understand just how serious that's been. Russians and Ukrainians and, and indeed people who are sort of halfway between the two live, for the most part, very harmoniously in Ukraine. There are many Russian speakers in Ukraine who are happy and loyal Ukrainian citizens. It's not a, a straightforward split between a, right. a majority and a minority. Uh, and I think the, the majority population in most Ukrainian cities is Russian speaking. That doesn't mean they all want to live in Russia. Uh, but the, if the, the Ukrainian state, as it does, uh, treats Russian 
as a second class language, as it does, and teaches children in schools a version of history which is quite anti Russian, as far as I know. It certainly was a few years ago, last time I checked, and also promotes this rather unpleasant character called Stepan Bandera. Uh, who was the leader of Ukrainian nationalism at the end of the 1930s and 1940s, uh, who's regarded by most Russians as a, as a fascist bandit. I think it just divides the country. So unless someone can persuade uh, the Ukrainians uh, that it isn't actually going to end up the way they hoped, I'm not sure what can be done. And their hopes have been raised enormously by the, by, by the encouragement, particularly the, the, what I regard as the very foolish act in 2008, of the NATO conference in Bucharest, uh, offering Ukraine eventual and Georgia eventual NATO membership, and they did this, and this is the absolutely fascinating part. Of it. They did this a year after Putin had made his famous speech in Munich, in which he warned against exactly such a policy. Mm. And I, I have to say, looking like well, if there was if there was any clearer way of saying we don't care what you think, Buster, do what you like, yeah. uh, then I don't know what it is. And, and I think that has now come home. Wow. Uh, and I, I think that if you were looking for a real cause of, of the deep resentment which has been which which has been evinced in the past few days and the stupid rage which is which is engendered, then I think that decision to offer Ukraine NATO membership in two thousand and eight may be it. Mm. Peter Hitchens. Peter Hitchens, thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time out to do this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking me. Yes, sir. It's yes. Very nice to talk to you. Love that yes, beard. Sir. In my regards to Moscow, Idaho. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless. Man, so, so what now? <laughs> oh, I thought it was interesting that he said he's not sure there's much that can be done at the. You know, Biden brings you into the office, and that was Peter's response: was I'm not sure much yeah. can be done at this point. Right. It's we've we've crossed the line. Yeah. In other words, this is war. Mm -hmm. There's no way backing out of this, right. um, unless actually. You know, Putin repents and stops bringing his troops in. You know, it's like right. nothing. It, like we're here. So right. the last thing that I heard that Putin had agreed to talks, some form of talks. Right. And he's going to go send a representative to Ukraine. I wasn't was it Ukraine, I believe it was. I think uh, maybe actually up in uh, the neighbor. I, I doubt they yeah, the fly him into right, Ukraine. Right, right. Well, know? they don't have to. He's <laughs> already there. Be Belarus. <laughs> I think they were Belarus, up, in, right. up in Belarus. And so that's going to be interesting to see what. So what that turns into, and I know it's not completely ceasefire because I still get alerts that there's explosions happening on my, yep. you know, um, you News know, feed. talking to Sensenich, I, I, it got heavy, man. Yeah, it did. It oh, got, he started talking about praying. Yeah, pray for all these people. Yeah. He was naming names and right. And you know, yeah. there's a, you know, we saw the mayor, the in uh, Kiev, Kiev, that said, yeah, you know, we're gonna have to go out and he's gonna take, fight. take up arms. For, he's gonna fight. For, former boxer. Yeah. Yeah, the heavyweight. Yeah, and you know, part of it. I think I heard Gabe say this: like it'd be nice if we had mayors like that on our side of things. <laughs> like um, what mayors in Texas you know, or in well, and, but Idaho the, the would truth do that. Is that the, our mayors haven't been tried that right. hard yet. They've been tried with small stuff, and they failed. Yeah, they did. Um, so yeah, I would did. like to believe that if they were tried with something that hard, they mm. would actually stand up. But if they're going to capitulate yeah. to mass mandates and regulations right. from the CDC right. instead of being able to care for their own people. Yeah. Remember, we had a, 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 a missing his name right now, but Pastor... Um, Oh, I've, I see his face. I can't think of his From name. What state or country? Um, but he's in, I believe he's in Iowa, but he said, hey, I, I marry these people. Oh. Gordon, Kerry Gordon. Kerry Gordon. Yeah, Kerry. I marry these people. I bury these yeah. people. You know, I'm I'm the one who's going to decide whether or not uh, we have church. Yeah. And he's don't, ruling Don't his, tell me I don't take yeah, care of my people. Right, exactly. And, you know, you want a mayor that's thinking the same way. Wait mm, a second. Right. 
I'm the one who has the authority of these borders they, here. They elected me. They elected me to protect them, and so I'm going to do that very thing. Right. And so it's encouraging to see that. You know, the the thing that I keep going back to is that we don't have, as Christians, we have let foreign policy escape us. Yeah. We don't have a good concept of, well, we don't have a good concept of law at all yeah. either, period. Right, right. But it really is coming into effect when we vote presidentially, we don't, I'm just thinking about the top first. We don't think about the implications of that president as it relates to other nations. So Peter Hammond, right. Peter Hammond is a uh, theonomist who has served over in Africa. Um, he's just a missionary. He's been on the ground. You'll see him taking pictures with his AR-15 or AK-47 yeah. while he's preaching the gospel with his Bible. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like when when Reagan got elected and he sent the troops in and bombed. He's like we were on the ground praising God that he had answered prayers that he became president. Mm. Yeah. And we had we were sitting over here at our own concerns about whether or not mm-hmm. we wanted Reagan or not or this or that or mm-hmm. less more taxes so we can help the poor. And they're sitting over there getting killed by militia mm-hmm. <laughs> praying that Reagan was elected. And I hear the same thing, you know, when we talked to Sensanich and, and Pastor Boo Boo, like they're saying, listen, you have no idea yeah. that the election of Trump yeah. has implications internationally beyond right. Right. And so we don't have a foreign concept of of theological yeah. concept. I don't think we understand. I mean, I mean, maybe my big takeaway here is like this, and this is a big part of the mission of cross politic is like I don't think the Christian Church understands how the gospel impacts everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Like if Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth, then it impacts. Everything. Everything. And I mean, we were talking about this with with um, Blake at the beginning of the show. Um, the you know the the promises of of the of, of the swords and the spears being beaten into plowshares and pruning hooks. I mean, the promise of peace comes from the gospel. That's right. That's right. And and Christians, I mean, we, we can go to church and then and then you just frequently leave the gospel at the door. And if I mean, if if anything is you know maybe it applies to their marriage. Maybe it applies. I mean, maybe. Maybe it applies to their child rearing, but you ask a you know a Christian cop, how does the gospel impact your law enforcement? That's right. right. Ask a Christian sheriff, how does the gospel impact? And apart from a few, and then put yourself on the front Canadian lines there right. and yeah. ask that question. Well, exactly. I mean, right? apart from a few platitudes like, yeah. well, I believe in God and love your neighbor, or you know, I, I try to be nice to people, I try to tell the truth, or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, okay, great, fine, um, but you know, but how does it impact? Yeah. What, what is what does biblical justice look like? Yes, um, in your job, and particularly, yes, what happens when um, there's conflict with other authorities? Right. Um, the the concept of of, a, of lesser magistrates, their job to protect from incursions and invasions from other magistrates seeking to. T- I mean, we've had two years of testing, yep. and we pretty much failed. Yeah, we did. I mean, we pretty no, much we failed didn't. with a few. Little exceptions here and there with a sheriff here or a mayor here saying, we ain't doing that. City council here or there saying, no, you can't do that to us. But um, but I don't think, and I, you know, one of the things that uh, Sunsanich said was he, talk, he mentioned the, uh, a conviction is something you're worth dying for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I'm really excited to hear um, Pastor Doug at our, um, at our Liberty Tour talk in Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, when I asked him about what he wanted to talk about, he said that the thing that he wanted to talk about is um, what makes a person willing to say, give me liberty or give me death? Yeah. Yeah. What, and then and 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 the opposite of that, the willingness to just give it away, give it away yeah. because you're afraid. 
What, ma- what makes a Patrick Henry or LeBron James? <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, you know. But 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 I, but the fundamental answer is the gospel. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean the, the gospel is what um, th- what turns it all around. The gospel is what allows you to see that if Christ is King, then I must serve Him. And and, and Christ doesn't say, um, "Don't worry, I'll make it all easy for you." No, he says, "Take up your cross and follow me." Well, and that's that's what um, Blake was talking about. That's what I really wanted to hit this. We forgot that as America, our biggest part is that we look to bring democracy around the world, whatever right, that yeah. means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. That's a that's a problem. But they they do understand. We we are understanding one thing. We are understanding that it matters in one way or another what happens in other nations. I think that that's that's important. But if we really believe the impact of of that, then the best thing that we could ever do is to send missionaries to other nations and to not impede that because, you know, what he, what Blake was talking about as far as uh, Ukraine, having that kind of Liberty developed there, that's not an accident, right? The church has been really focused on yeah. gospel ministry in Ukraine really hard right. and, and at a very young level. So and for three years. And that's bleeding into Russia. And it's bleeding into Russia. Now, Russia is, is want to merge it all into everything, but we know the gospel's messy, so we know how it works, yep. right? It that's gets right. in there and it just starts messing yep. up the way. The, but a form of Christian and Christian humanism begins to develop mm-hmm. there. And, every, and if we were smart— we would supply missionaries as a, as America to every small little country and even larger. And what he said, spend time in the places that aren't appealing mm-hmm. because that is going to be the ultimate change at the end of right. the day right. that brings transformation. Right. That's how other – look, we are to make disciples baptizing and teaching them to obey everything God has commanded. Right. Right. The best way to detour war and, and a lot of these other things is to start planting churches in places where we have massive problems well, that, and that's and that yeah. again the point is the gospel impacts everything but if the, we don't understand the gospel impact here in america and how it applies right. to our civil magistrate and to right. our local government right. then what we're planting is the basically an overturn and another form of revolution that doesn't right. happen from the gospel right. no no we, right. i mean we i mean we already have i mean we've got a soviet trudeau Right. Yep. I mean, yes, we've got, a, yes. I mean, we've got, yep. we've got yeah. I, mean, the, I mean, the whole West has been acting like Soviets for the last two years yep. with right. our, with our mask mandates and our right. medical mandates and our vaccine. We have mandates. our laws, but we haven't been listening to them. No, absolutely. And, and right. just declaring emergency powers yep. and emergency states and, yep. and so on is, I mean, that's the way of the Soviets. That's yep. the way of paganism. That's yep. not, and, and thank God there is still, nevertheless, nevertheless, with all that said, there is still such a strong gospel presence. Yeah, in the West, yeah. it's yeah. it's fading. Yeah, it's it's been growing weak. But I believe that God has given us all of this. Yeah, on purpose. yeah, absolutely. He is he is spanking us. Yeah, he has given us discipline, and he he's saying wake up, and and it's, and Christians are waking up. Christians yep. are waking up and saying something's not right. Right. Yeah. Something's not right. Why why are why are our kids after generation after generation turning in, uh, leaving the faith, leaving the right. church? Why? Well, maybe it's because we keep sending them. To the wrong to government schools, yeah. to secular schools, to anti-Christ schools. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where we get the government education idea from. Anyway, I think it was Karl Marx. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, like, is there an accident there? Yeah. No. And and now I think we're waking up. Like, I mean, since when did we know the names of our mayors and our city councils and our governors and our attorney generals? And 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 I think God is waking us up and saying, "Look, all of this is mine. Are you are you with me or not?" Yeah. All of this is mine. Are you with me or not? And and in Christ, 
I mean, that, that's the only solution. The, the the political offers, I mean, are fundamentally materialistic. Yeah, that's money, right. yep. uh, it, you know, land, all this kind of stuff. And sure, you can play with that, and it and it you know has a fact it factors in. But fundamentally, it's a spiritual issue. Back, back to the beginning, you know, you know who does this? Who invades a country, starts bombing people where innocent civilians are going to be killed? That's Satan. Yeah. That's right. That's, right. Yeah, that's, that's what Blake was saying. That's what Blake was saying. It's, 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 it's yeah. satanic. Yeah. And you can't fight Satan with f- sanctions. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> with natural you know, gas you, sanctions. No, no you, you need yeah. the gospel. You need Christ. And, yeah. and Christ is the one who reconciles all things. He's the one who can take... All of these things, the, your, your family loyalties, your marriage loyalties, your national your loyalties, country your loyalties, ethnic loyalties, yeah, right. I mean, he takes it all and he, it gets crucified yes, yeah. right. and then he gets raised from the dead yeah. and he, and he puts it back together and says, here's how, here's how to love your neighbor as yourself. Here's how to love your nation. Here's That's how to yeah. be a patriot. And here's how to love the nations of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christ is going to take it all. He's yep. going to, you know, it's a global vision, That's right. but it's Christ is going to take it, not the United Nations, yeah. not NATO, yeah. not some kind of humanistic solution. It's always, it's going to be Christ yeah. and, he's gonna, and, and he's going to do it in such a way that we know it's him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah nobody's going right. to get this victory. No, it's, it's going to be messy because Christ is, is the one seated on the throne. I've mm. known Santanich since about 2008 yeah. and every time I've met him, yeah. it's just like the joy on him. He's in this Ukrainian country. It's very difficult. Yeah. And then seeing with, with him just now, yeah. where his country's under attack, and yeah. seeing just the joy the, yeah. the, that's in San Santana. Well, he's and there's no fear. He he's already died. Yeah, yeah that's, that, like, amen. I mean, that's, that's right. right. When, when you're in that's Christ, right. you've yeah. already died. Your yeah. life is hidden with God in Christ, and yeah. you're not afraid of anything anymore. Gabe doesn't know what this means. He just talks right over. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> hey, be praying for our brothers out there. One in more Russia thing. And yeah, no, yeah, shut your mic off. In Ukraine, they need it right now. So. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. (laughs) So where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.